dare I say it, this was the best episode of this season of The Challenge. It's all happening. We've got lots of drama to get our way through, but first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm John Chidley Hill. And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. You know, is another is the second week in a row where I got a lot of tweets and messages from people asking me how we're going to get through Say Something Nice About Nelson. The Woe Nelly segment, as some people on this podcast call it. <laughs> so let me let me read some of the messages we got because I really appreciate appreciate them. We have Scott Mazai which I hope I said correctly, saying another rough week for your nice things to say about Nelson segment. Good luck in this one. Thanks, Scott. Uh, then I had, excuse me, I'm losing my voice already. Tanira Rust sent me a message and she was also concerned. She said, whoa, excuse me, whoa, Nelly might be hard this week. Yikes. Um, and then Carrie B said, I can't wait for your say something nice about Nelson part of the podcast. It is going to be the highlight of my day. So let's not make Carrie B or Scott or Tanera rest. Wait, let's get right to it, Sheldon. Let's try to say something nice about Nelson before we criticize him for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, to be honest, for me, what I think we try to do on the podcast from time to time is... You know, try to give you a little different kind of insight, maybe a different way of thinking that might not be the surface level take, let's say. And so when presented with this, OK, what are we going to say nice about Nelson? I kind of thought about it in a different way and follow me here. OK, for a bit. but in a gladly in a roundabout way, is it possible that Nelson in his own weird way actually motivated Jenna to decide oh. to stay and try hard because Nelson basically blew up and exposed what was going on with her in terms of, you know, the fact that everyone except Kayla believed that she was just going to go into this elimination and basically throw it, but pretend she was going to try, but throw it. When that part's already kind of blown up ahead of time, did Nelson in a weird way motivate her to give her all and actually give full effort and try and thus win said elimination? Just saying, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll give Nelson a little bit of credit here. The Michael Jordan to Jenna's Steve Kerr. <laughs> sure. Perhaps. It's one way to look Perhaps. at it. Perhaps. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. And I'm not going to defend Nelson's actions, but I'm going to say I sympathize with Nelson. He sort of, in confessional and later in conversation, attributed his behavior to feeling really boxed in and emotionally unstable in the challenge bunker, because it's not a house, the challenge bunker. And if this COVID-19 pandemic was not happening, I would have a lot less sympathy for him. But I think that given the way we're all living right now, we can all understand that being cooped up as they are 
And as far as I can tell, there's really only five or six spaces, maybe seven, that they are allowed in in the bunker. And it's filled with 20 to 30 people, not just cast members, but producers, camera people, sound people, the occasional security guard. They probably have staff bringing in the food. So I'm not excusing Nelson's behavior, but I think that maybe we can all sympathize with him going, given what we're all going through right now. You know, I have had a lot of people in my personal lives blow up at their significant other, uh, maybe reach out to an ex that they shouldn't be reaching out to, maybe lashing out at their mom or their dad, their brother, their sister, whatever. So I have a small amount of sympathy for Nelson. And I would hope that our the listeners of You Killed It could share that sympathy, given what we're all going through right now. That said, he was a fucking asshole today. <laughs> I mean, right? yeah, of course. Nelson is a very interesting character, to say the least. And further to your point, what I think kind of went on here with Nelson is the fact that He's not the only person to say to have those feelings within the house. We've heard it from multiple different people, whether it was Kayla, whether it was Ashley, whether it was Nani, a lot of people, Anissa, they've all pointed to the fact of how odd it's been being in this house. So you kind of understand on some level how it might be messing with your emotions. Now, of course, with that said, what Nelson actually did is quite ridiculous. And how he went about it's it, it's still ridiculous regardless of the situation that you're in. But, I mean, right away, things get kind of off to the hop in this episode as everyone comes back after the last uh, challenge. And we start with Jenna and Kayla and Nani, and they're trying to make some decisions in terms of what's going on. But it doesn't really seem like they're all on the same page, does it? No, it seemed like there was two maybe three separate conversations happening at the same time where jenna was confused as to why nani uh picked her to be on the tribunal nani was trying to explain that she was trying to like give jenna a reason to stay in the competition on the show instead of giving into zach's demands <laughs> Uh, and then there was a lot of confusion as to if jenna would compete if she should compete who she sh should compete against. And this confusion was really underlined when the Holy Trinity met up with the Unholy Alliance because Wes and Bananas and Kyle, who I don't think is really in the Unholy Alliance, but the three of them went to the Holy Trinity and said, hey guys, like what's the play? Who are we voting for? What are you getting for? Like, What's the game plan here? And they really didn't have a cogent response. No. Like, they're sort of all over the place. And I think that was really underscored when, like, they were saying, you know, like, Tori really wants to go in. And Jenna's like, well, I'm willing to go in as long as it's not a puzzle and not physical. And Wes was like, so you don't want to go in if it's a puzzle or if it's physical what's left and jenna was like just, just shut up like, <laughs> um, it was pretty funny so but yeah. at the end of the day jenna was actually right and i don't know if she planned it to be right but 
we all were on the side of Wes. I'm sure everybody watching was on the side of Wes where he's trying to figure it out. And it's like, oh, if, you're, if it's not a puzzle, you don't want to go in. And then Bananas asked, what about a headbanger? She says no. But it still leaves what the actual elimination ended up being, which was an endurance challenge. So I don't even know if yeah. Jenna fully put all those pieces together or if it was just a situation where let me just see what the elimination is and how comfortable I feel with it. And then it just so happened to work into one of her strengths. Yeah, she, you know, she had the puzzle pieces. She recognized that they were going to go together in some way. Mm-hmm. She just hadn't figured out <laughs> how yet. Yep. And on the other side of the house, we have Tori just going up to people straight up, like saying to Casey and Josh, as an example, I want to go in. Please vote me in. So here, here's the thing. Does Tori want to go in because she really wants to get a uh, skull? And she's like, this is the best way for me to get the skull. I just need to take control and go in because I got to go in at some point. Or do you think more so she's trying to take advantage of the fact that she thinks she's getting Jenna with her head not really in the game and Jenna might end up just throwing it? I think I think that she thinks that she can take Jenna in most competitions and in fairness spoilers she almost did and certainly like Jenna recognizes like hey in a puzzle in a headbanger I'm in trouble right like there's a very narrow uh, a very narrow definition of head-to-head eliminations that Jenna would I think best Tori yeah and I also think that, you know, they uh, there's also probably a little banking on the idea that Jenna's heart isn't in it. I honestly think that she's more so trying to take advantage of the situation that Jenna's in. Just because I feel like this yeah. plan is not a good plan at all. And if Jenna, if it wasn't set up for Jenna to be in the elimination or them thinking Jenna was going to be in, I don't think Tori would be doing this. Interesting. I don't disagree. I just, I just find it curious. Uh, Um, Yeah, let's get to the noms because the nomination ceremony was super interesting. Tori obviously starts it off and, you know, Tori, she comes right out, says she spoke to most of the people already. But for the rest of the house, like she really wants to go in. She feels like it's her time and she wants everyone to vote for her. And everyone seems to agree. And we think, you know, everything it could end right there. It could have been a quiet normal non-confrontational nomination ceremony for what probably the first time this season and then nelson stands up and you're thinking "Uh uh-oh but no nelly gets up and he's very nice and polite and he says you know what i just want to apologize in front of everybody i want to apologize to anisa what i said to you was wrong i shouldn't have done that and i'd just like to take this moment to apologize and everyone claps. I'm like, whoa, this is a happy moment on the challenge. But I, I have to say, like when we got all those tweets and Instagram messages and everything, like I appreciate those. Mm-hmm. And when this moment began, I thought, well, this is easy. This is the moment where I'm going to say something nice about Nelson. Yeah. Because he had embarrassed Anissa publicly. And to me... If you embarrass someone publicly, you have to apologize publicly, like publicly embarrassing a public scene and then a private apology doesn't really cut it with me. Mm -hmm. 
because it's it's not really making amends, right? Like there's something to be said for uh, making yourself vulnerable in your apology on an equal level, right? So he had embarrassed her in front of all of those people, obviously the three tribunal members as well. And so he took a moment when they're all there to apologize to her publicly. So I was like, hey, like, here we go, Nelson. Here's the moment where I'll say something nice of him. But he so quickly took a left turn because he immediately started criticizing everyone for the vote they just had, which he participated in. And he said, you know, we are handing Tori a red skull here because Jenna's mind, her heart isn't in it. Like, what's wrong with everyone? We're giving Tori a freebie here. Yeah. To which Kayla stood up and said, hey, you're talking about my best friend. And in fairness, Jenna and Nani weren't there to speak up. So it's false to Kayla to say something. Says, I think you're all underestimating Jenna. Like, don't forget, she has five challenge, like five elimination wins. Mm -hmm. And her head is in the game. And Kayla has always believed that. Like, Kayla is the only one that has consistently had Jenna's back on this. Even Nani doubts her. Yeah. And Nelson just pops off and gets deeply personal immediately and is incredibly rude and disrespectful. Yeah, this was really weird because looking at Nelson, right? Nelson is just like, I can't take him seriously because none of his moves here make any sense. He was just super mad at Anissa in the eliminate in the actual challenge, right? Which made no sense because why would Anissa want to throw the challenge? That logic just doesn't make sense. And then now we get to a situation again where now he's arguing with Kayla for the second time in nominations when, again, you have nothing to do with the women's women's elimination process at all. It's not like you're in a couple like Bailey or, you know what I mean? Like you're not like Bailey and Swaggy. You don't have, it's not like even Wes and D. You don't have another person who's on that side. So why does it matter to you what Jordan and Tori are doing? It shouldn't matter at all. So there's no reason for you to step up and just call out the entire house. Because make no doubt, that's exactly what he did in this situation. He calls out the entire house for handing over a skull to Tori for no reason. And then to shift gears to Kayla and just make it so offensive where he starts going in on her, telling her that, you know, well, first off, as he's going, Kayla keeps trying to talk and he's interrupting her, not even letting her speak. You have Josh and Kyle trying to like, let him know, like, bro, chill out for a second here. It's not working. He's not listening. And yet he keeps going and going and going to the point where he starts taking it towards Kayla's relationship which made no sense at all. He says, quote, why don't you go fix your relationship? You're the foulest woman here. You have no respect for yourself. Go get fucked in a porta potty again. And at that point, I'm just like, (laughs) I was watching this live and I'm thinking, what is happening? My reaction was exactly like the bench reacts on the show. If if you remember, (laughs) they showed Josh, they showed, uh, who was it? Oh, it was uh, Tori who did like the Home Alone like ah reacts 
It was just insane. And that was my reaction watching it too. Cause it was just like, where's this coming from? Why does this guy seem to have it out for Kayla so much? It reminds me of, you know, in elementary school when the little boy likes a little girl, but he doesn't realize it. So he just like teases her. Cause that's all he knows. Like he doesn't know any better. It was just super weird to me and I didn't understand it at all. As you said, I don't understand his motivation here at all. And we said this last episode, like I jokingly went full Toronto man dam and said, why is man so cheese? Like, <laughs> why, why is this affecting him so much? If anything, if you think about it, having Tori face Jenna in the elimination is a good place for Nelson, right? Because those are that means that one of the two strongest alliances in the house is going to lose a member. Either Jordan and Tori are going to be without Tori, mm -hmm. or the Holy Trinity is going to be without Jenna. Either way, it's good for Nelson. Yeah. So, like, just sit back. It, it's got nothing to do with you, just as it has nothing to do with him what's going on with... Uh, Kayla and Bear and Mikey P back home. And it's not like Nelson has a spotless record in terms of relationships. Yeah. He had to go on Dr. Phil with Angela. Like, yep. like, just mind your business, bro. Just mind your business. Like, why? I mean, like I said, off the top, I understand why he's feeling emotional and anxious. But at this point, He's had at least hours, like everyone has had time to change their clothes and shower from the daily competition. I don't know if it's that night, if it's the next day, like what the deal is, but he's had, he's at least had time to have some shower thoughts. You know what I mean? He's had time to check in with Corey. He's had, to, he had enough time to to realize he should apologize to Anissa. Like, I don't understand where this anger and hostility is coming from. Yeah, I honestly think he must just have a thing for Kayla because he even blows through the stop signs of Kyle laughing and saying, it's okay, guys, let's let Nelson dig himself a grave for the boys' elimination next week. And, he, and Nelson actually says, if you listen carefully, he says, thank you, and then keeps going. As if, like, he didn't really catch what Kyle was saying. Like, it was just super no, weird it, what was happening. Cause and Wes... He was so focused on being angry. Yeah. And Wes sums it up perfectly. Wes says, quote, Nelson is the only man in the world that can start an apology with being more respectful to women before calling another woman sitting in front of him a slut. And yeah. <laughs> it's baffling. And <laughs> I found it hilarious, but at the same time, I did tweet last night during the show just because of how funny this whole situation was as I was watching it live, which I rarely have done this season. But um, I just found it hilarious that in the entire challenge, right? Nelson has absolutely zero chill, right? No. We can all agree. But at the same time, <laughs> Kayla having to deny having sex in a porta potty during nominations, <laughs> followed by her <laughs> cheating on her boyfriend who wants to marry her, with a dude named Bear is peak challenge content. Like, that's the elevator pitch right there if you're selling to someone who, you know, the sports angle, but also what else goes on in the house. <laughs> that was a snapshot right there. Just incredible content there from the challenge. 
let's talk about Kayla because she tweeted a lot. She tweeted up a storm during last night's airing. I don't know if all of our listeners are on Twitter. Um, so let me let me do some reading for you guys. Um, the the Right Reality podcast tweeted tagging her and Nelson uh, about sort of bench reacts, as you said, about Nelson telling Kayla to go get fucked in a porta potty. Kayla quote tweeted it and said, another day, another girl he disrespected for no reason. Fair point. He had literally just finished apologizing to Anissa when he took shots at Jenna, Tori, and then really hard shots at Kayla. Then um, a fan uh, sort of praised Kayla for sticking up for Jenna and then keeping her cool uh, in front of Nelson's verbal attacks. And Kayla quote tweeted that and said, after my face turned red and veins popped out of my head from yelling at him last time, I I decided it would be a better look for me to let him look like the clown he is while I sit there and let him dig his own grave. Fair point. And then, um, she refers to the scene after the nominations when almost every man in the house basically has an intervention with Nelson yeah. to be like, man, like, what are you, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, what you just said and did was not cool. It was not appropriate. Uh, and I want to talk about that. But Kayla says, shout out to all the boys who had my back after that nomination ceremony. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciated that. Um, Honestly, if you're in a conversation with Josh and Bear and they have the moral high ground and are making more sense, like that is a bad look. And really, I mean, I didn't like take roll call or whatever, but it was Bear, Josh, Corey all spoke up, but also uh, Wes and Bananas were there. It looked like Fessy was there. Yeah. And, um, like, basically all the men. Jordan wasn't there, but, of course, he had to be with the other tribunal members. But, like, most of the men in the house were saying, like, Nelson, what are you doing? Corey, his best friend, said in confessional, like, he's so emotional right now. He's actually hurting my game just by association. Yeah, and, again, Corey ran, or Corey, Nelson ran through so many stop signs. Like, even during the entire argument, Bear jumped in just to say, like, where did you get this from? Where are you getting your information from? Why are you even judging her relationship? And, you know, Bear's right. He just said, like, you can't shout derogatory things and shout out women like that. And if Bear's telling you that, you really got to reassess your life. But... Yeah. The thing about if Nelson, the guy who, the thing about Nelson though if, was after everyone leaves, he was trying to still play like the cool guy and be like, "Oh, bear, nice of you to try and stick up for your girlfriend in front of everybody," and then quickly everyone just turns on him like, "No, no, no!" Like you actually sounded like an idiot, and yeah, that's when he, he realizes did. it. That's when I really thought that he realized just how stupid he looked because everyone's going at him and you know that's when he he they played the confessional of him talking about how difficult it's been for him inside the house but other than that like i don't think that he would have realized it if not for everyone confronting him and if you're nelson i I don't know what's going on but he's on a roll 
he's on a roll of just having terrible moments in the house. Um, Kayla had another tweet that I'm going to read out. But she said, just out of curiosity, granted it's been about six months now, would you forgive Nelson? Also, take into account our fights on Invasion and our blow-up at nomination ceremony a few weeks ago. I'm still very on the fence about my feelings because I'm so quick to forgive. So, Sheldon, should Kayla forgive Nelson? I mean, sure, you can say that you forgive him, but you're never going to forget no matter what. So you can say whatever you want in the moment, accept his apology, and move forward knowing that chances are it's probably going to happen again because that's just a history that Nelson has shown you. The only thing you can trust is his actions, not his words at this point. And so he can say he's sorry, but at the end of the day, you're not going to forget. I agree with you. I think you can forgive and try to move forward, but you just have to like remember going forward, Nelson is not your friend. Yeah. And that this is the way he speaks to women. And it's unacceptable. And it's the way he especially, for whatever reason views Kayla and you just you just have to remember like he is never gonna be like someone I want to seek out their like help their counsel their company if I can help it right yeah. no for sure you, you just you just can't you can't let him back in your life really <laughs> it's true and uh, someone who I guess enjoys their challenge life maybe a little too much is Nani and Ooh, the next scene that was we a get pro level is, segue i have my moments i have my moments um but we we end up in the club the hangar and everyone seems to be having a good time there seems to be a nice vibe amongst the challenge cast right people are laughing joking yep. around but nani is really flirting hard with casey and you can tell from her confessional she's feeling her she's kind of like there's butterflies, as, as you might say, right? So she's super drunk, and then we get a confessional from Casey, and she, Casey says one of the things that I will call one of the most commonly used phrases on the challenge series, which is, quote, I have a boyfriend or girlfriend back home, but dot, 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 close quote. We see that all the time on the challenge. So Casey says that, and then we cut back, and Nani is flirting super hard, and then whispers in her ear, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Like, come follow me to the bathroom. And Casey, I don't know. I'll, I'll say in the moment, I thought Casey was picking up what Nani was putting down, and she was about that life. But then as Nani leaves, Anissa comes over. And Anissa is really playing kind of like a mom role in the house. You know, you see her trying to give advice to like Swaggy and Bailey. And then now as she sees Casey, and this is her first time on the challenge, she's kind of giving Casey the heads up like, hey, just a heads up. You don't want to be looking foolish like this. You got a girl at home. Like she's being a good friend. Nani yep. doesn't like that. Nani comes back and she is cheesed. To say the least. Do you think Nani has a right to be mad at Anissa here? No, but it's predictable Okay. that Nani would be mad. Oh. Jenna, Jenna even says it in confessional. She said, you know, Anissa's heart is in the right place. And it was. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, Nani is the most paranoid person in the house. And if anyone's saying her name and sort of expressing discontent with her behavior, it's not going to go over well. Oh, it did not go over well at all. It, it did not go over well. But like, this is such a classic don't shoot the messenger moment. You know what I mean? It's tough. Like, it's tough though. People don't I like think that at a certain called... point, if you're a niece, if you're a Nisa, I would have made my point and I probably would have then left. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, and I think she probably should have done that. I I think Anissa's heart was in the right place, but I also think that, like, just as we were just saying to Nelson, about Nelson, that he should mind his business mm-hmm. in regards to the, like, Bear and Kayla situation. Yeah. I see where Anissa's coming from trying to head this off at the pass, but also it's a situation where either Casey or Nani or perhaps both are going to be angry with you. Yeah. And boy, Nani was super angry with her. And I know we're talking about this, like a serious relationship type thing, but let's be serious. We're here talking about the jokes of the challenge. And this was hella jokes (laughs) because Nani, you know, before they have a little, I don't even want to call it a scuffle, but before they get broken up and separated at the bar, and then it goes back to the challenge house. There's so many just drunken classics here from Nani. And she starts off by saying, quote, Anissa, you're so annoying. I'm going to punch you in the mouth right now. And then Anissa's like, what are you talking about? And she says, oh, relax. I say that to my friends all the time. <laughs> it's like, who <laughs> says that to their friends all the time? I've never heard anybody say that at all in my entire life. But Nani then says, calm down, bro, to Anissa, who says, don't call me bro, first off. And two, it's kind of a trash way that you're going about this. And Nani just keeps yelling, then let it be trash, bro. Let it be trash. (laughs) Which Nani just went full Buffalo. That's the problem. She went full Buffalo and you can never do that. Nani has a bunch of lines that could very easily name this episode of the podcast. Let it be trash, bro, is up there for sure. But then we get back to the house. And Nani's drunkenness continues in a in an exceptional fashion, by the way. She's in, <laughs> everyone's getting ready for bed. Nani comes out in her PJs, but she's got a bowl of soup or a cup of soup. And she is struggling to eat this soup. Her fork is broken. Why are you eating soup with a fork to begin with? I'm not really... Well, for the noodles, I guess, but still a weird flex. Either way. You're going to miss out on the broth. Yeah. Either way, she's struggling hard. And she sits down and she tries to ask Jenna what happened. (laughs) And poor Jenna. (laughs) Because how bad of a position does this put Jenna into in this moment where Nani's like, okay, so what happened anyways? What's going on? And Jenna tries to tell her like tries to get into details and within maybe 10 seconds of explaining nani goes after jenna and is like why are you blowing it up why are you blowing it up <laughs> and jenna's like you literally just asked me what happened and like the way jenna was recounting it was very objective like it was not yeah. like editorializing it wasn't being like yeah you're really at a line or like anise is a fucking bitch it was just like yeah, you know, you and Casey were flirting a bit, and Anissa just went over it. Like, it was very, like, straightforward, no, like, 
gilding the lily. And then Nani starts telling off Jenna for blowing it up when, like, such a classic drunk argument. Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, I'm sure Jenna had been drinking, but was pretty, was more sober than Nani, for sure. I think everybody was more sober than Nani in this moment. And, you know, it's the second time that Nani's drunk speak let's say is going back at jenna and it's so unfair because even at the bar when jenna's trying to like calm her down and nani's response is she like clearly is so drunk you know that moment when people you see someone that's drunk they try to sit down but like they have like no sense of their own weight or like body movement so they just like plop down in the chair like super heavy that's what nani did at the bar and she says Oh, it's just Anissa. She's just drunk. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever. But Anissa comes back into the house and she's trying to to tell uh, Nani, like, stop trying to blow this up. And that just makes... Oh, no. She says, don't make this into a bigger issue. And then I think what Anissa's trying to say is, okay, you already made an ass of yourself. Let's just relax. Let's just all go to bed. This doesn't have to be more footage for the show. That's what I think she's trying to say when she says, don't make this a bigger issue. And then Nani screams, so if it's not real, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a complete opposite of let's not make this a bigger issue, right? And she gets up. She's being restrained by the dudes. The dudes are all like laughing while this is going on. Fessy, who this is his first season of the challenge and who's been fairly low-key in the house fessy sitting there and he's just like wait is it always like this <laughs> which i thought was an incredible line from a rookie in terms of fessy but you're not in the big brother house anymore fessy no no what is it it's you're not, not in kansas city not, anymore is that what the yeah you're you're not waiting for julie chen <laughs> to come in with some like sponsored subway related competition where you have to <laughs> carry an egg on some slippery surface yes or stand on something that's tilting sometimes it was it was an insane insane scene summed up perfectly by kyle who again tons of options for line of the episode or um naming the podcast but kyle says crazy nani is my favorite nani (laughs) (laughs) that was incredible and nani continues to go while everyone's trying to hold her back and she's at this point is screaming at anisa she's like you're corny you're corny i'll take my cup of noodles and throw them at you ho (laughs) (laughs) it's like there's so many things you're throwing noodles at her you're calling her a hoe there's the levels of disrespect of throwing noodles at someone is only rivaled by jr smith throwing soup on his assistant coach Like, that was just, there's levels to disrespect, and Nani was just off the charts in this. (laughs) What was your takeaway from Nani's just roller coaster of emotions here? I think that, obviously, she was very drunk, and just, like, classic drunk behavior across the board. I think that her reaction was so strong, because I think Casey sort of was letting her down gently, uh, and so there's like some embarrassment from that. Nani's been around the block. She knows she's been in this position before. She's been on 
like a dozen seasons of reality TV, she knows the edit she's about to get. Like on some level, her sober brain yeah. knows it. And so she's angry and she's embarrassed. Um, and then, you know, she's having like being confronted by someone in her mind, confronted by people who are more sober and, you know, the guy's laughing at her. Like the whole thing yeah. would just feed into that. Although, how can you not laugh at her? Yeah, which is what Anissa says the next day, right? Like the cup of noodles, throw them at you, ho. Like that's pretty funny. She went a you little know, over the know, line, it's... though, when she started talking about why don't you go take your clothes off again for money or some shit. Or at least I don't have to take my clothes off for money, which was going overboard for sure. And absolutely, as Anissa alluded to, it's not so much of what she's saying, but when you're saying stuff like that, now it's about your intent. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was a really like grown up way of looking at it from Anissa's point of view. It's not about what you're saying. It's about your intent of what you're trying to do. And I mean, credit to Anissa, because the next day, the next morning, it's all about the apologies. You got Nelson apologizing to Kayla, which you talked about earlier. And then Nani in tears coming to Anissa, who's probably knowing that this is coming. Right. And they're making up. But. The thing that stuck out to me, and I want to ask you this, your thoughts, and obviously this is to the listeners as well, but do you find it weird that Nani is still getting blackout drunk on TV? Like, she's been on reality TV now for at least a decade, right? It's been a while, but if you compare her to all of the other people on the show, if you think of, you know, how much we talk about Bananas or CT or Wes or even Anissa... Even Kayla and Corey, how much they, you know, they came in hot on the show, right? They came in and their fastball was clocking at like 98, 100 mile an hour fastball. They came in hot. And now they're still productive, but they're wiser, right? They're throwing at about 88, 90, still productive, hitting the corners, but not in the wild and crazy ways that they were when they first got on the show, not getting blackout drunk. There might be still some hookups. There might still be some crazy arguments that go on, but not to this level that we see Nani being blackout drunk. Does that surprise you? I mean, she sort of addressed it in one of her confessionals where she spoke about how, you know, she left the house, the home, her home when she was 18. She's had to fend for herself. She doesn't trust herself. She has a hard time trusting others, which sort of like, backs up what Jenna had said earlier about how Nani is the most paranoid person in the house. So, like, I hope for Nani's sake that she does start to, like, figure this out and grow out of it. Because, as you said, like, all these people have grown out of it. Anissa even says in confessional during this apology that, like, it's hard being sort of, like, the mother figure or the big sister in the house. Because you don't really get to bond with anyone. Because you're spending so much time cleaning up their messes or, like, dealing at advice. And, like, I wonder, like, does CT feel that way? Because, like, I think CT in a lot of ways has taken on the big brother father role. uh, Not drinking and not fighting and not hooking up as he once did because he's now married with a a son. And, like, he's, he's grown up. And Anissa's grown up. And to some degree... 
Wes has grown up and been like we're not seeing bananas. I mean, he's in a relationship now, but we're not seeing him drinking and really partying, mm-hmm. right? And certainly not hooking up. Um, but to answer your question, the only parallels I could draw are Camilla, mm-hmm. who is, as far as we know, banned from the show and should remain banned from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shane, who also, who, <laughs> I mean, he's quite old, yeah. right? Like, he's, I think, Anissa's age, if not older. He was on Darrell's season of Road Rules. I mean, the fact that he was on Road Rules, a show that hasn't been around for like... <laughs> 14 15 years i mean it speaks to his age i mean i say that he's probably our age sheldon but yeah those are the only two like examples that come close to and like i don't think of shane getting blackout drunk i do think of him as getting in these heated heated arguments Mm -hmm. um for sure and it's sad to see and i felt for anisa when she said like you know I'm their friend, but like I'm not bonding with them because they like I'm sort of on a pedestal of sorts. Yeah, no, super odd. Um, but then like things get a little more straightforward as we get to the tribunal, and essentially it's Jenny, Nani. They make it so that they kind of have first right of refusal, of first right of refusal in English, if they want to go into the elimination or not, and then Jordan gets his picks because he kind of wants to exact some revenge maybe on D because D didn't decide, which I, I agree with, you know, he D didn't decide to put in Tori earlier. She decided to give that to Jenny and Jordan and Tori were super mad about that. So understandable there. And then his third pick was big T because as he's mentioned, it is his fiance that's down there. And so having the option possibly of going in against what most would assume to be the weakest female competitor makes a lot of sense. So you add that to the other last pick of the tribunal being Kayla, who obviously is the third member of the Jenna and Nani crew. It's pretty straightforward what happens. Not much really goes on other than D being upset about it, which who cares? D's upset about something every single week. And... I want to give a shouts to Big T because Big T makes a great point here and plays her role perfectly where she says to Jenny to Jenna and Nani side note. I'm surprised I haven't mixed up the Jenny and Jenna's way more while recording this podcast, but probably shouldn't speak so soon. But anyways, the Nani, especially hold on while trying to say Jenny, Jenna and Nani like that's messed up, but we've been pretty good so far. It's tough. We're doing pretty well. Shouldn't speak so soon, though. But No, don't jinx it. Big T now makes a great point in saying, why would you want to put her in against Tori when if you think that she's so weak, wouldn't you want to keep her around so that if Jenna or Nani end up in an elimination, they could go against Big T, which is very sound logic and makes a whole lot of sense. Which is also why, as I said to you earlier, I think Jenna, like Nelson might have really flipped Jenna and just like gotten that house narrative to switch a little. Because if you're Jenna and you really wanted to stay, why wouldn't you throw in Big T and then you're going to go in against Big T? Right? Like if you really wanted to stay. So it, I find it super interesting. It's, it's all super interesting, but 
what did you think of Big T, who I think has a thousand percent approval rating within the house? Everyone seems to like Big T. I thought exactly that, that it was interesting to see that when they brought her in, like Jordan and uh, Jenna and Nani, we're basically saying like, this is just a formality and like comforting her. She starts to cry. They say, is it just, are you just overwhelmed? Cause it's a lot, it is a lot. Like we've been in your shoes, it is overwhelming. And then she comes out of uh, the tribunal room, runs into Corey who immediately starts to comfort her. Yeah. Also shout out to Corey who has grown up a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he just seems to be like working out trying to calm down Nelson and like mind his business and playing a good political game. I wonder if Fessy's a good, um, uh, like a good feeder for him, right? Because normally it's just him and Nelson or him and Hunter, but Fessy's really come in the house and he's remained low key. Fessy's obviously in the house. He has a girlfriend at home too. Big brother watchers will know Haley, huge shouts to Haley. If you know what I'm saying, but Fessy's in the house too, but Fessy is calm and cool because he's just kind of sitting back and taking everything in. And I think maybe that might be helping Corey as well as his experience from just being on multiple challenge seasons to just chill, play in the background, and be smart about it and just not fall into Nelson's shit. So, like, even if Nelson does go off, he still has Fessy by his side. And I think that's really helped Corey as well, just sort of chill out this season. I agree. Um, I know you don't want to talk about D, but I have I have to address it. You know, in earlier episodes of You Killed It this season, we've criticized Rogan for letting the win last season go to his head and for, you know, winning a single elimination and for it going to his head. I don't like D's. It's gone to D's head, too. Like, she is outraged that they... Uh, even mention her name for the tribunal and like she did cross Jordan like she knows Jordan pissed her off or excuse me that D pissed off Jordan and Tori and also like Wes tries to talk her down and points out like hey pump the brakes there's five potential options of people going in against Tori and you're like the fourth most likely option yeah so just chill right like the most likely option is jenna versus tori the second most likely option is big t versus tori the third would be nani versus tori then d versus tori and finally kayla versus tori so like just just chill out no need to get angry it's to no one's advantage at this point to put d into an elimination like it would have to be purely personal and Jordan has been, and Tori, have been very clear about what their goals are about Tori going into this elimination. Yeah. So, like, D just has to do less. I think that's the thing about D in general. Do less. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. And speaking of, uh, Zach is still doing too much because my guy on him, as him and Jenna continue their squabble back and forth, Jenna goes back to talk to Zach, and my guy is still super salty. And this time, he comes right out. He's pouting. As soon as he gets on the call, he says, uh, Jenna cheated on him. She got caught red-handed. And if she doesn't come home now, it's done. He's being a massive, massive, massive jerk. And maybe the... 
I mean, I can't even say the most jerk thing he said because there's a lot of jerk things he said. But one of the things he says, Jenna is trying to calm him down and Jenna's acknowledging the fact that they're, you know, they're trying to start a life together. They might be getting like they have a house together. And he's like, no, I have a house. I have a house and yells that. And I just thought instantly, you know, one of the things we joke about on this pod a lot is trying to give advice to you youngsters out there, some relationship advice. And obviously it's tongue in cheek, but there's some real ish in there as well. And I wrote this down because I found it so funny. Just a lesson here. Okay. Always in, in the wise words of your man's Marshawn Lynch. Right. <laughs> Anytime you quote Marshawn Lynch, I'm down. Continue, please. (laughs) Well, the thing is, it's just about being able to know that you're handling your money properly, right? And in the words of Marshawn Lynch, he says, take care of your chickens, right? Which means take care of your money. Meaning, if you end up in a relationship, and at any point in said relationship, the money or, let's say, the spending power or the asset management, we'll say, is very one-sided. Best believe if an argument ever comes up, that is definitely getting pulled out and used against you. That's just the way things work. Because chances are, and of course, I'm not saying every single person will do this, but I'm saying most often than not, if there is a clear divide in terms of where the money is coming from, that will be used against you in an argument and so for jack for jack for zach to pull this out on jenna is so completely unfair and i mean i'm saying that because i don't know anything about their living situation or money situation or whatever i'm just saying it's ridiculous because you're using this opportunity to pull that out whereas if you really deemed it as a problem you should address it regardless of this situation that's going on no but what did you make of Zach I, and just his blowing up and his continued treatment of Jenna? Well, I want to also offer some advice to our younger listeners. Ultimatums, and he gives her an ultimatum, like if you don't come back home right now, we're done, are never healthy. They're never fair. They never work out, <laughs> right? They're a manipulation. It shows desperation as soon as you get into doing ultimatums, it shows that you're trying to force someone to do something. Yeah. And you don't want to force anyone to do something. Like, if you have to take steps to force someone to be loyal to you or force someone to be your girlfriend or force someone to be your boyfriend and they don't want to, it's you're not going to make it happen. Like, it's yeah. just, it's they're going to keep cheating on you. For sure. And that's something, that's something he accuses Jenna of. He says straight up, you cheated on me. You've been caught red-handed. But she has maintained, and I believe her, to be honest, um, that all the, the... He says that he saw her Twitter DMs, Snapchat. Um, he says... She said that it was two years ago when they were broken up. He says that she cheated on him i i mean the first time they had this conversation he said or sorry her friend nicole said that they had that he saw dms from two years ago so like i don't know how he's getting from a to b yeah 
I don't know how he got into her Snapchat, yeah. uh, which is never good. You know, the Snapchats, you don't... You don't ever want to look at your partner's Snapchats. You're not going to feel good about what's happening in there. Yeah, I mean, for him to be in the DMs, like, again, if there's any point that you feel like you need your partner's password for their phone or you need to look into their DMs, like, that makes no sense to me at all, first off. But to get into her DMs and see deleted messages or unread messages, that's really weird. I don't even know how one would do that. But... To me, I'm translating here for maybe people of our generation and the generation above that might not be familiar with Snapchat. I'm going to read between the lines here, and I'm making the assumption that when she says he went into her Snapchat, to me, I'm making the assumption that Snapchat means nudes. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 90% of the use of Snapchat is... Kids sending nudes, people sending nudes over Snapchat. The reason why is because Snapchat of all platforms has some very interesting features for those who might not be familiar with it. Snapchat, first off, you can have settings set to where when you send a message to someone or an image to someone, it disappears after they look at the message or picture. Now, why would you want to send someone a picture that magically just disappears right after you, they see it? I don't know. But also, another feature on Snapchat is the fact that if someone happens to screenshot the picture, Snapchat sends you a message so you know if someone screenshotted or took a picture of the picture that you sent them. Now, why else would you need to know if someone, why else would it be convenient to know that you sent someone a picture and they screenshotted it? It's okay, pregnant pause, I'll let you just think about it for a second. But yes, I'm using the assumption that when she says uh, he got into her Snapchat, that means he saw some nudes. And I'm not saying that Jenna sent nudes, I'm not making that assumption. I'm just saying the, I'm making a very solid, educated guess that nudes were sent. Now, was it one way or two way? I don't know. Obviously, I can't speak to that. But I'm just saying. It makes me wonder. Like, it's one thing to log into someone's Twitter. Like, you just need to know their password if they use the same password on everything. But to log into her Snapchat, Mm -hmm. like, that's another level. And to your point, like, that either means that she had nudes either given or received waiting like unopened Mm -hmm. because they delete themselves or like stored in her memories which there's settings that you have to adjust Mm -hmm. because like your snapchat will keep certain snapchats or videos if your uh if your settings are such that you want to keep them just for yourself not for whoever you're sending them to so like maybe he was going through saw some old nudes that were unfamiliar to him like who knows that she'd sent them but again it does sound like it's all a year or two in the past but he's acting like it's a current thing happening but either way let's not forget either way though it doesn't matter when it is like no you don't want to know even if you have the assumption that it happened at some point you don't want to know that your current significant other was sending nudes you can make the assumption and ha- have the assumption that it's happened at some point if you just got together with someone that doesn't mean i want to know about it 
which is why I would never search it to begin with. But hey, that's a story for another day. I I did want to. Uh, there's two things I gotta say from social media. One is that um, someone had tweeted to Kayla, suggesting that the real issue is that Corey and Jenna have a history. Yeah. And that Zach discovered it in DMs and Snapchat. And that's why Zach was so upset because Corey's in the house. Kayla vehemently says Corey had nothing to do with this situation. Yeah. Just just some background. Also, and this is interesting, uh, friend of the show, longtime listener, Tony Hammer, sent me a text today asking... Sorry, let me get the wording correctly because I think it's important. But essentially asking if we think it's if we buy the drama that's how she phrased it jenna zach do you buy that drama like is it constructed uh i don't think that jenna is that good of an actress that she would be able to like fake this whole thing because that did dawn on me right like is there a purpose like once a whole episode played out and ended the way it did i was kind of like wait a second could this could this have just been a, a a ploy and i wouldn't put it past the producers because i think the producers do such a good job of manipulating storylines to which we don't even realize half of what's going on behind the scenes but with that said zach and jenna would have to be really good actors and mm-hmm. zach being an asshole That'd be really tough for him to pull off. Jenna seems flustered. Like, she just doesn't strike me as someone who'd be able to pull that off. And the way that this all played out fits more into the narrative of her being more aloof than calculated, if that makes sense. Speaking of calculating, Jenna made a calculation that paid off for her. Yeah. Because we go to Purgatory... As soon as they walk into the purgatory space, the venue, you can hear Nani say, no, I'm not doing this one. <laughs> and so Tori comes down. Uh, and I guess we at this point, we, the viewer, don't get to see the layout. But Jenna realizes this is probably an endurance competition, which really plays to her strengths. Mm-hmm. So Jenna volunteers. When she goes down, TJ's like, hey, I thought you were going to be quitting. Like, that's word on the street. What's going on? She's like, no, I'm not quitting. Like, I'm here to compete. I'm here to get this red skull. Like, let's go. The best part, though, was at this moment, I'm sitting there watching, and I was watching with my little cousin, and we were like, okay, they're really trying to play this up as if Jenna's not going to just, like, quit in this or pretend like she's going to try but like come on of course she's gonna just like bow out and go home like she's gonna try to keep it close but ultimately she'll lose in the end like that's what i'm thinking and we were sitting there thinking i'd bet everything i have that jenna is going home and to further that i even thought the fact that tj is saying something that was now every single person involved in this not named kayla basically thought that jenna was going home she was gonna I'll quit. tell you, I'll tell you, before the competition began, I had really noticed how much resolve Jenna had. Like, after that heated conversation with Zach, 
she goes and she speaks to uh i guess it's kayla and bailey about it yeah it sounded to me it sounded pretty firm that she wasn't going anywhere that she i shouldn't say that that she was going to try her best and that she was going to see what she could do like i thought that we were going to get the best that we possibly could out of jenna and boy did we so the competition was for those of you who have not seen it was called dust to dust <laughs> there is nice nobody who's listening to this podcast who have not seen the episode that doesn't you exist. never know that does not exist you never know <laughs> um uh it's called dust to dust a nice biblical just try to derail me Sheldon. a nice biblical reference and basically what they have to do is they have these busted ass czechoslovakian bricks that they have to carry up a ramp smash through a grate, sort of like a medicine ball smash into a wheelbarrow uh underneath and they have to go get the wheelbarrow take it to the sort of up a ramp dump it into a container and they have to keep doing this until their container is filled with like the debris from bricks and whoever gets there first gets it completely full wins and jenna immediately jumps out to a quick lead i don't know if it's by design or by fluke but she figures out that if you smash these bricks on their side rather on the top they shatter more easily. Meanwhile, over on her platform, Tori is down on her knees, trying to smash the bricks like up close and also like push through the bigger pieces. Yeah. And Jordan runs over to her side to like yell directions at her more, which she's just ignoring basically. I think she's and just flustered. Every... Yeah, I think she was flustered. And also, it was pretty clear to me most of the people in the house were cheering for Jenna. Like, once they realized she'd come to play, yeah. everyone was really just like, it wasn't just uh, Nani and Kayla. Everyone was in her corner. Like, Wes and Big T mm -hmm. and Bailey. They're all like, yes, Jenna, like, keep it up. And we're really impressed with her. Yeah. The bench reacts were really cool, and, and it really helped just how they put together this elimination from an editorial standpoint, like the editors, like it was cut together really well. Like I had no idea what was going to happen. And as it went to break, it was still a toss up. And normally I find myself in a position where I'm trying to figure out like just through how they're cutting it together, who's going to win. Right? Like, oh, this person's leading in the beginning. Okay, they're making it seem like that's going to happen. So then Tori's going to come back and win. That's what I was thinking while I was watching it. And yet, Jenna was still holding it down. And it made me wonder if not only was Tori just frazzled off the top because she had the wrong uh, strategy, but it made me wonder if Tori was frazzled because Jenna was doing so well and she really didn't expect that either. And if that threw her off and added extra nerves to the situation. Because, like, her strategy just was dumb to begin with. But once she sorted it out, she made a crazy comeback and it was hella close right till the very end. And Jenna just barely won, right? Like it was super close. Yeah, at one point I thought that maybe the editors were working their magic to see make it seem like it was more close than it was. But there was one point where like they both take their wheelbarrows up the ramps and are dumping it in. 
And like, you can plainly see that their containers are almost equally full. And then it's clear that they're both one load away. And Jenna starts to pull away for whatever reason, more success smashing them, whatever. Jordan's going nuts in the background. Jenna wins. I have to give her so much credit for picking a competition that suits her strength, which is endurance. Like, good on her for, like, picking her spot perfectly. What did you think of Jordan just going nuts throughout this competition? And really, like, I don't even understand what sort of headspace he was in afterwards, after Tori was eliminated. I think he realized that he messed up, right? So, from the beginning, right, as I said, Tori... I don't think it was a smart idea. I think it was solely based on the fact that she thought Jenna was going to throw it. And so that's why she was going in. That's why she was so confident in going in. But to me, I think Jordan kind of feels a sense of responsibility because as he mentioned, his whole goal was based off trying to get Tori into a final and he failed. Right? Like, he should have been there to be like, wait, are we sure about this plan? Don't you think we should probably wait until we're in control and we can get you in the tribunal so you have the choice of when you go in and also who you go in against? And I just think he messed up. And having all those emotions all come up at the same time because I bet he thought Jenna was going to throw it as well. So all of these emotions are going through your head where you're like, oh shit, Tori's not going to win this. I can understand why he started to lose it because it's a, it was his whole purpose. Like he won last year. Yes, he's going to try to win again this year, but you could tell that it was way more important to him to try to get Tori to get a win. So I could see why he was freaking out. Does that, you know... Does that take away from the fact that he was a jerk and yelling and swearing? No, of course not. Of course he shouldn't be swearing at his fiance like that. But my guy was frustrated and I can kind of understand it on some level. And at least he came down and just gave her a hug and was all good at the end. I'm okay with that. I mean, I will say, remember earlier this season when Wes said to Jordan, don't speak to me like I'm your wife? Mm -hmm. I get it now. Well, yeah, that's why it's sometimes the, the toughest to. insults are the ones that the ones that the insults that hurt the most are the ones that are true. Um, I think notably after Tori's gone, like heading into this competition, it seemed like Nelson had his biggest the biggest target of all the men mm-hmm. left in the house. But I think it was Corey who said as soon as Tori was eliminated, Corey, God, they all have the same names. Corey, Tori. <laughs> it's like that Simpsons with the column line for Corey. Anyway, um, Corey says, well, now we have to get Jordan out. Like, he's going to be weak. He's going to be emotional. Like, now he's got to go for sure. Yeah, um, I get why you would think that, but I would urge Corey to go back and watch last season of The Challenge. Because they spent yeah. half the year trying to get Jordan out, and it didn't work. So I would just say choose wisely, and maybe further to that point, I happen to be re-watching The Wire right now, and I just watched the episode where Omar says the line of the entire episode, you come at the king, you best not miss. So 
Um, longtime listener, Rochella Valdez, wants to know, since Jay took two Red Skulls, do you think it'll change how the final is run since there'll be more women? Modify it to make it more fair physically? I have no idea. What do you think, Sheldon? Uh, no. I don't think it'll affect it at all. Because I feel like every single season ends up going along the same. And even this one where they try to add the new thing with getting the skulls and you have to have a skull to make the elimination. I think that, you know, the beauty of the challenge and the way that it's produced is they hold all the rights to when it comes down to the end, they just have a purge episode and they just say, all right, this is a last challenge. The first three men, the first three women, you guys advance to the final. You get skulls. So this time they'll just say, you get skulls. Or maybe the last three men and the last three women, you guys get an opportunity to fight for the last skulls to get into the finals. Like There's going to be some other twist at the end to ensure that the skulls are evenly distributed whatever way they need it to be. So... And I don't even think that the past few have been uh, changed or altered for men or women. Like, if you go back, not last season, the season before that, that one was extremely difficult. The one that Turbo won, right? When Turbo won and Theo came in second, Mm -hmm. that was extremely difficult. And, you know, Maddie did a really good job. I don't think she finished, but she did a really good job in that one. Um, Georgia, like, actually passed out in the middle of it, right? But, like, everyone was doing the same challenge for that one. So, yeah, I don't I don't really see that being an issue. They haven't explicitly said that it's going to be winner regardless of gender. No. Uh, so I think that means that there'll be a male winner and a female winner. I also, interestingly, like, I can only imagine that they're going to let like let's say a max of 10 people compete in the final right so five of each gender okay which means we've already got three of the women right we've got uh i keep saying not necessarily i keep reminding just because you got a skull doesn't mean anything and we know that d is going to go back in because we've seen footage where she's clearly competing in another elimination yeah i'm just saying spots are limited and at least for now, three of those spots are penciled in for the for the women. And only one male is in. But the wording, even the way that they keep wording it on the show, I keep laughing because it's like, you getting a skull doesn't mean you're in the final. It means you're eligible to make the final, which is two completely different things, right? So, like, you could have the skull, but let's say the last challenge where they always have the purge if you don't come in one of the top spots, that doesn't mean shit. Uh, what is your line of the episode, Sheldon? I feel like you alluded to it, but I want to confirm. Uh, it has to be Nani saying, you're corny, I'll take my cup of noodles and throw them at you, ho. That is just a high level of challenge content and well done by, by uh, Nani there. Drunk Nani I, or Crazy Nani. I think Crazy Nani. Um, I think the You're Corny is a shout out to her friend and friend of the show, Marie, <laughs> since that's Marie's go to line. My line of the episode was Jenna before the elimination saying, 
I'm not going to be an easy win. Did I say that right? Yeah. I'm not going to be an easy win. God bless Jenna. Oh, Jenna. She is one of a kind. Who? One of a kind. Who killed... I have to ask, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? So, I mean, the obvious answer is Jenna. Jenna shocked the world with uh, one of the most just interesting finishes. And, I mean, a lot of people were throwing out there, was that, like, the best female elimination ever and all these things and i think the elimination itself was pretty good but the thing that made it so good was more so the circumstances surrounding it as opposed to the actual elimination so while i would love to give jenna the mvp i think she is like it's kind of obvious in this episode because she did have a solid well-rounded episode i think it's an lvp situation where tori and jordan really played themselves they played themselves. There was no need for you to go into the elimination in that way. And they were lucky that it played out the way that it did, that she even had a chance against uh, Jenna. Because if Jenna and Nani were smart, what they should have done was their plan all along was to throw in either D, but more likely Jenny, who's a way stronger competitor. So at least that way, you're getting rid of one of the top two females in the house. So to me, Jordan and and Jenna, sorry, Jordan and Tori are way luckier than they even should have been. And that's why I'm giving them the LVP. They played themselves. The move is you win a challenge, you're in the tribunal, and then you decide if you're going in or not. You don't just randomly throw up in the nominations, hey, I'm going in, because you have no control over who you go against in the elimination. It's one thing if Jorn was able to, for whatever reason, outvote Nani and Jenna and say, hey, we're putting Big T in, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, I got to give that to Jorn and Tori. After squad goals last season on the challenge... They flopped this season. I'm going to give it to Jenna, not because it was an impressive performance, but because like outside of the show, I think this is a big moment in her life because really it represented her standing up to Zach, Mm -hmm. right? Like I think it's going to teach him an important lesson about how she's an independent person who has her own things going on. She's not at his beck and call. It's confidence building in terms of like, yes, I am confident that, you know, I am morally in the right, that I did not cheat on Zach, that our love is strong, that we can fix this. Uh, So for that reason, I think Jenna is the MVP. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. Totally makes a lot of sense. And it makes me wonder if like, imagine next week jenna just quits (laughs) (laughs) that'd be amazing that'd be that'd be great where can the good people find you on social media Uh, as always you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander and same thing for youtube youtube like and subscribe to the podcast and you know whether you listen to us on soundcloud or itunes Tell your friends, like and subscribe, rate us, rank us, because here's what's going on. And I realized this last night because I saw people tweeting about UFC and I just find it funny as like there are sports fans who are craving sports right now. 
And I'll be honest, I don't care about the UFC. I don't care about the Bundesliga. No, no, no shade at anyone who does. But if you're just a mainstream sports fan and you need competition, this is what you should be watching. The challenge is great television. So I would urge you that if you are someone who's listening to this and you know of a friend who is just chomping at the bit for any form of competition or sports... There's a reason why this was deemed the fifth major North American sport. It's a challenge. It's real. Where can, where can the people hit you up, man? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.